0: Going, man.
1: It's going good, man. Uh I mean, is it ever really going good? I mean it's it's passable. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm alive, you know. How's uh, your
0: fucking tooth?
1: Oh man, dude, like uh so I after I told you guys that it was my wisdom tooth that was out of my lower left jaw that was coming up, I went to the dentist, which dude I've I haven't been to a dentist in and you know if I think this is probably a uniquely maybe American perspective, you know, because I mean, I haven't had insurance, first of all, health insurance overall, and in, I don't remember the last time, a couple of years. And um a lot of plans don't cover dental. Like work, like if you have work insurance through work and shit, you know?
0: Um Oh, it's crazy. It's like, oh, did you want your teeth too? Uh, yeah. that'll be an extra five hundred dollars a month for those luxury bones.
1: Exactly. The things that the things that like, you know, you need to use to like eat food to survive. So I don't know. I went to the dentist and uh I haven't been in a while and it was just like there are all these contraptions, you know, which I'm like looking around like, yo, what the fuck does that do? Like, if I was a little kid, I would have been like so amazed. Like, oh, my God, this is this is a thrilling uh, experience. Just like don't touch anything. But uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> amazed, scared, <laughs> amaz- you know? amazed
1: and scared, which is kind of how I felt when I was there. Um, But now, man, my teeth are pretty fucked up. And um, I'm going to have to go to a, sur- I'm a maid. I'm trying to make an appointment with a surgeon so I can get the wisdom teeth. take t- 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 Well, maybe both of them taken out. Um, but it, right now it's like dull, man. It's just like a dull ache all the time. It sucks.
0: You know? Okay. So we're talking about Aaron's wisdom teeth. Cause I don't know yes. if people know this, the reason we haven't released an episode for a minute. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. I was really yeah. busy with some stuff that I think you guys are going to like. Don't yes. worry. Um, Jorge was really busy with some, you know, top secret cool shit that he's doing for DSA. I don't actually know if it's a secret or not, but, like, just in case, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> he can talk yeah. about it himself, and, you know, i he actually will know what he's talking about. I'm um, not going
1: to spill the beans of the uh, the covert DSA plot. to yeah, the, uh,
0: the, His secret mission.
1: Yeah, secret mission.
0: For the international <laughs> committee. Uh, I've said too much. And then Aaron was dealing with some fucked up teeth in his head that were trying to kill him. But you know trying what? Trying to kill me. It's going to take a lot more than that to keep yeah, us man. from recording the pod you know you know i was thinking though man
1: like uh uh, i don't want to get too into it but it was just you know I i have a friend who uh i used to live with who posed this interesting idea and i'm sure people have written on it but like you know you once you wanted to write an article about like the history of dental care you know but like from a socialist critical perspective because like for like most of human history before modern medicine like people would die of, like you know, I mean, infections, but infections of the mouth, because you know, you don't have if you don't have basic like you know medicine to like you know antibiotics and shit, and let let alone like dentistry. I mean, that bacteria, those infections can go straight into your blood, to your brain, and fucking kill you. So I was like, man, uh, if you're if you're a socialist or a comrade, uh, one of your uh, foremost, uh, uh, I guess, advocates, ad like things you advocate for uh, in terms of healthcare is a uh, you know, dentistry, man. And I care too, you. Yeah
0: yeah. 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 I was reading about what Medicaid will cover in terms of dentistry because uh, I have that now. And mm-hmm. New York Medicaid is actually pretty good. It turns out they do cover some dental stuff, but there are certain. Have I already talked about this on the podcast? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't know I don't what I've so. tweeted and what I've spoken about, but I was mm-hmm. looking it up and there is like some rule in there where you have, you are entitled to at least, uh, I think it says eight points of contact, or four points or basically like four teeth that touch each other, top mm. and bottom. Mm. And if you don't <laughs> like, if you're not at risk of having that many teeth left, they're much more likely to just pull it than um pay to treat the tooth, which is kind of yeah. kind of fucked up. But I like. Might ha-
1: I might have to do that because it might not be my wisdom tooth. It actually might be a tooth in my top jaw that's like is chipped and super fucked up and kind of dead. So it might be that that's creating the the dentist said that's creating the pain there. But he said, if you don't have to take it out, don't do it, you know, because it might be cheaper to take it out instead of, as you're saying, trying to repair it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, Uh, I mean, it is good that we have Medicaid, obviously, and it's good that it covers some dental stuff. But like. Imagine being on the committee that had to decide like how many teeth people are entitled to have. Exactly. Like, oh, geez. it's just it's dark.
1: I mean, that's a tradition from going back to George Washington wearing the teeth of you know his, uh, slaves in his head. You know what I mean? I feel like I uh, thought his the,
0: teeth were made of wood.
1: Dude, like they, I don't, I don't know if they were all made of wood or if he did have a set of false, like wooden false teeth. But I'm pretty fucking sure, too, that, like, he had, Put a few real like, ones in there? Yeah, yeah, he had real ones, but they were taken from, like, you know, fucking slaves, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, man. That's um, dark. Yeah, that is, well, you know, it goes back to uh, uh, who gets uh, who gets the goods in this society, man.
0: Who gets the teeth?
1: Who gets the teeth, exactly.
0: This is a future communists want. They want you to have
1: all of your teeth.
0: Not just some.
1: Want, not just some.
0: Like, look, in the Republican states, maybe people on Medicaid aren't entitled to any teeth. In the <laughs> Democrat states, you know, you get to have, like, four. We think, we say that is still not enough.
1: Teeth for all, man.
0: Yeah. Like, your real teeth. You're allowed, if, your you real know,
1: teeth. If you, teeth for all who want them. Teeth for all who want them. And you know what? Like, you know, maybe we can, uh, maybe if everybody wants a little gold tooth, maybe we can do that. You know, a little Ooh, bit of luxury. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want some grills. I mean, like, like grills are optional, you know.
0: Grills but, optional. I mean, grills for all who want them.
1: Yeah, exactly. I also would kind of say grills for all, but you know, grills are optional. Not teeth, everybody wants grills. You
0: know, most people want teeth for sure. Yeah, I would hope
1: so. But I would hope so.
0: the grills, babies. that takes a special, someone with, with a little je ne sais quoi
1: exactly. to pull je that off. Quoi. Yeah, yeah. But, Yo, I can never say that. I'm so happy you said that now. I know how to pronounce <laughs> it. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs>
0: That's what my like three years of French that I took in high school have done for me. I know how to say say qua and nothing yeah. else. Yeah. So
1: takes, yeah. go ahead.
0: We have some serious things to talk about yeah. today. But like, okay, I really I could not let this one go by. Aaron, mm-hmm. are you aware of the discourse currently surrounding the like the AI chat bot chat the green point or whatever it's called, you know, the the GPT AI. Ch- chat
1: Chat GPT let by OpenAI. Yeah.
0: Let me Google that for you dot yeah. Greenpoint dot gov. I don't know. Mm. Uh, someone was talking to it and somehow got it to spit out the answer that it is never acceptable to say a racial slur even to save the planet from being nuked <laughs> or whatever and Elon Musk replied to that tweet and he said something like oh that's very concerning.
1: Oh my god. So Now
0: no. there's like discourse about that.
1: Dude, the, the, I mean like I'm not a we we, we should do an app about this for uh uh for probably like maybe lost futures or something. It might not be like um which is our kind of sci-fi speculative thing. It won't be it won't be based on a book but just the concept of AI because like dude I don't really know what it is. And I don't even think computer scientists. It seems like a changing definition that's used by, I mean, people like Elon Musk or like, you know, Microsoft or whatever or Google to like, you know, have this like futuristic paradigm shifting technology. But like, it's not really I mean, it's machine learning, but it's not like it's 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 accessing all of this information from like different sources. You know what I'm saying? It's an amalgamation. It's and it it's. Processed in a way that sounds human and logical enough. But, like, I mean, how is that concerning? I mean, it's no different than, like, I don't know, somebody, the programmer behind the computer. You get what I'm saying?
0: It's concerning you know I mean? because it's woke, Aaron. They made yes, the exactly. robot woke, and now it's going to destroy the universe because it will not let anyone say the N word. Slurs.
1: Slurs. <laughs> like, I mean, and it's just, it also just what? makes it, you know what's concerning? It's concerning that. These are the people, like Elon especially, or like, I don't know. I mean, if you're just like, I know Tim Pool posted something similar like this, right? And it's just like, maybe that's the one he replied to. And it's like, dude, like that technology in the hands of people like Elon Musk or Microsoft is actually the most concerning thing. You know what I mean? Of course. Like, like, I mean, that AI is already, I mean, already fucking using like racial profiling or possibly be going to use in like the way we administer healthcare resources to people. You know what I'm saying? And all that shit is, like, already inbred in the way that, like, we think about race in society. So it's not the fucking AI itself, man. These people are so fucking stupid. Yeah, it but it won't say down.
0: slurs, though. As it long as slurs, it slurs, won't though. say slurs, none of that other stuff counts. You also, know, like, can you imagine any, like, like did do you think Elon Musk spends time imagining a scenario where, in order to save the universe, he's like, yes, oh, say so. I... I have to say it I didn't have a choice.
1: <laughs> I mean he, being that he got his his parent he got his money from a uh, you know fucking uh, apartheid money he's a beneficiary of apartheid. I could imagine uh, uh, that that that's probably crossed his mind once or twice you know. Mm. He's calculated that into his worldview. I mean it's just I don't know man. It, it's 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 really going to be interesting in the coming like months years future to see like the way that like now we've Apparently, are trying to make these emerging technologies like self-driving cars or AI or robotics. We're trying to actualize them, and it's gonna be so funny because all this shit's gonna fail, yo. It's all gonna fucking fail. It's all gonna break down.
0: I mean, or be judging, used to kill people. Judging by the bad job that my robot vacuum does, or I should say did, because it's since been retired. Like you it, retired it, it <laughs> really, it can't go. It can't go over the minorest of little little bumps like it can get hung up on a fucking rug so you know i I probably don't have access to the latest in robot technology you know like i even bought the cheap one of the robot vacuums but you know it still makes me feel a little better this thing's not gonna rise up and kill me anytime soon
1: yo you don't you don't know that yet jamie that's why i think we should preemptively start the war on robots oh boy not even your computers i'm talking about like you know like destroy your uh no no your your uh your fridge that is Wi Fi capable with like a TV. There's and no for some reason a reason camera on it. Why Yeah, a there's no reason to have that. that. <laughs> there's no reason why you but should. Have you
0: that. had one job
1: <laughs> to <laughs> cool over, like refrigerate food. That's it.
0: Plug it in. Keeps the food cold. I don't know why. I cannot envision any scenario where you need to like use your phone to control your fridge using Bluetooth or whatever. Which by the way never works. I don't know if I'm just a boomer and it's, like, unique to me, but I feel like it's not just me. Like, Bluetooth, never, ever, it just doesn't work.
1: I had a friend who, like, kind of, like, made his house a smart house where, like, he had lights that he could control, like, LED lights with his phone and, like, I don't know, like, like, little shit with his phone that he could do that, like, you know, he could turn on his TV or speakers. And it was really cool, but, like, there'd be some times, like, where it just wouldn't work, you know? And it'd be like, he'd like be embarrassed. I'm like, dude, the remote was right there, you know?
0: It makes like the light so switch mad. is
1: right there, man. These,
0: yeah. these unnecessary disruptions. I mean, I know I've railed against this before, but maybe not on the podcast as such. Mm. Like, the they're just trying to extract profit from disrupting areas that don't even need to be disrupted anymore. Like, yeah. I don't know, Ju- the Juicero thing was fucking hilarious, remember that? And then yeah. now there's there's an app. Because, like, all the obvious ones have been taken, right? So now they're trying to be like, oh, you know what else? I'm going to disrupt um, doors. I'm going to disrupt the locks on doors. So, like, I was staying in uh, an Airbnb in Hudson you year when my friends and I were at a music festival there. And it had this fucking, it was an old house, but it, they had replaced the lock with this, like, bluetooth enabled thing
1: oh my god th- so you can open it with your device
0: yeah i'm like you know what technology really doesn't need to be disrupted out of all of the technologies that have ever been invented a key keys work really fucking well but, but for what, what they're about designed jamie? to
1: do but what about jamie and this is true i'm not making this up there's an article on this uh that i read like last year maybe what about uh when you're a landlord or the bank that owns your fucking house or whatever uh, like or, or you know the real estate developer when you like you're overdue with payments or for rent or something or your mortgage your house is like sm- a smart house where they can like lock you out of it. Or like, you know, you have your car. I mean, I'm now this is something that like, I mean, I haven't read this, but I could imagine it'd be really funny if like you didn't make the pay- payments on your Tesla or like, let's say like your Ford or something, you know, self driving Ford, it would take itself right back to the factory. Yeah. You know?
0: That's so dark. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> obviously, uh, I mean, maybe that's not why this particular company made that app, but that's obviously what, where it's going, what it's going to be used for. Well, in the end, long story short, uh we were look we weren't sober we were at a fucking music festival all of our phones were dead and we i never got it to work in the first place when my phone was not dead so i wound up we wound up just having to sneak in the back which was thankfully not locked
1: yeah not locked yeah. <laughs> Jesus, eight. man.
0: i mean i guess it gave us a fun little puzzle to solve but uh could have we would have been sleeping on the street
1: <laughs> it would have been mean, really th- th- bad there are like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I am, I am a, I don't want to call myself a futurist, but like, I do like thinking about the future and the uses for technology. But like, uh, I, I don't know. I'll say that we also are kind of like, uh, like, mesmerized by like these conveniences, you know? Like, where mm-hmm. they're trying to create a problem that doesn't exist and they end up solving another problem, you know? And yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I'm a, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's like kind of like, like, the rifts, and not that I believe in generational rifts, but, like, how my mom is completely kind of, like, not that she's, like, tech illiterate, but she kind of is, right? And, like, now that there's shit coming out where I'm asking my nephew, like, my my older nephew, my teenage nephew, like, yo, how do you do this? And I'm like, dude, like, I grew up with the internet, you know?
0: Yeah. yup. I mean, I think generally a good rule of thumb is any tech that we understand is probably okay. And if there's a tech that we don't understand, that's scary and bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that holds true for every generation, but I feel like it's actually true now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not just being a, a an aging millennial who's bitter that I don't know how to do shit anymore. Like, come on, nah,
1: man. come on, guys. No, nah. nah, I think like you know, and maybe this is like kind of like related to what we're gonna get into because prospects for the future and what's happening now and under development, and it just seems like I don't know, man. It's about like, well, who gets to make those decisions? You know.
0: It's you know what too, I mean?
1: Yeah. I get to make the decisions, not not only with like technology, but the spaces that we exist in. You know, and uh, maybe like I don't know, maybe like in the in this s- s- like time of seemingly like endless expansion, like after World War II, you're like the future is endless, and you're like this technology will be used for good. And now, uh, you know, now we have a uh, now we have fuck shit going on, like uh, like uh, you know, forests being mowed down. Yeah. And replaced with like fucking cop cities man. the
0: worst things you can think of.
1: Yeah, it's like truly dystopian. <laughs> like truly.
0: That was a very good transition, Aaron. Yeah, you, thank you. Thank you. You're you're a real pro at this.
1: Thank you. I'm I try. I try.
0: Still <laughs> figuring it out. But like yeah, just to have a final thought on that. Um mm. I think this is sort of what you're getting at. Like the technology itself can't really be good or bad but mm-hmm. the people who control it will dictate the outcome so yeah, like absolutely. something like something as simple as you know a fucking app to unlock your fucking door like the the worst outcome will probably be the most likely one when as long as these things are controlled by
1: capitalists exactly exactly yeah. I mean, like uh, I mentioned this, I probably said this quote on the Trillbillies the other day, but last week, but like, uh, I'm gonna keep saying it like, you know, William Gibson, he actually didn't say this quote, but it's been attributed to him and he said things like it. But like, the future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed, right? Yeah. you know what I mean, Jeez. like, every time like I and not to say that Teslas are good cars, but I'm just talking about like, just, like, the technology, right, of a of a, uh, a, a, a car that runs on renewable energy, electric car, and they're not just Teslas. There are other cars like that, but, like, you know, there are maybe a couple in my neighborhood, and they, like, glide, like, silently down the street. Like, it's a little bit of a whine, right, and I'm just, like, dude, that's insane, you know, and you can kind of see the inside of it, and then, like, you know, this dude will come around the block in a fucking jalopy that's just spitting fumes, noxious fumes, you know what I mean, and it's, like, probably American-made, but the car is, like, you know 20 30 years old you know what i mean i'm just kind of like yo that kind of disparity is really insane to see you um, know i don't know man That's yeah it's
0: something like a car that doesn't pollute or make noise that should be a good thing but where my mind went as soon as you said that it was like ah oh, the cops you wanted to hear them coming
1: i mean like i think i think the NYPD actually not i don't think APD Atlanta Police Department has them yet nope no, there are police departments down here. I have seen at least one police department down here. Um local one that has like electric cars if not a Tesla. But I think New- NYPD, I'm pretty sure they have yeah. Teslas, you know what I mean?
0: They have they have so like they have way more stuff than we even know about, I'm sure. But oh,
1: uh Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I mean They
0: got those robot dogs.
1: They got the shit that they got the shit that they can like basically like see. I mean it's x-ray technology, you know what I mean? To see through people's shit, but I'm just saying like not like you are being like 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 uh, uh, uh like you know like arrested, you know what I'm saying? They can just do this shit at a protest, you know. You know what I mean? They can just like do this shit out in the street to pedestrians and people walking around. It's fucking insane, you
0: Not great. Well, you know what's gonna make them even more like that, which is to say, equipped with terrifying military-grade technology Mm. is uh, a new police training facility that they are currently trying to build in Atlanta. And um, I did a little segment on Means TV about this, this uh, this fight over what we are calling Cop City in Atlanta. And the segment only used a little bit of this interview that I did with one of the forest defenders down there named Sarah. So... I figured it would make a good episode if we run the full version of the interview and then have a little bit of discussion afterwards, once everyone has been caught up to speed on what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, should we, should we play yeah. the clip?
1: Yeah, we should. Let's play the clip. Yeah. All right. It's a, it a good interview. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for doing this. you want to just go with your first name, Sarah?
2: Yeah, Sarah. All
0: right, cool, cool. And um, what is your involvement in the forest defense?
2: Yeah, my name's Sarah and I live in Atlanta, very close to the forest that's being defended. Um, I've been involved since the very beginning, just uh, attending the info night and um, learning about what was happening with, uh, yeah, with both Cop City and with the Entrenchment Creek Park, which is now called Weilani People's Park being threatened um, by development and by the police training center.
0: Cool, cool. So let's start with a little bit of background for those who are just learning about the Atlanta Forest Defense for the first time. Um, Who's involved? How long have you been there? Why are you doing it?
2: Cool, yeah. Um, So basically there's a whole bunch of different entities involved in the destruction of the forest. Um, The biggest thing, obviously, is Cop City. Uh, Lots of people are aware about this. It's a $90 million police training facility that the city of Atlanta is building in conjunction with the Atlanta Police Foundation, which is basically like a nonprofit that exists just to channel money directly from corporations to the Atlanta Police Department. Um, And so the Atlanta Police Foundation is building a, uh, yeah, they're trying to build a police training center in DeKalb County, which is just adjacent to, you know, it's part of Atlanta. Um, and yeah, the the people who are involved in funding the APF to build this include a bunch of major corporations, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Coca-Cola, um, Carter, which is a big real estate investor, Home Depot. It's like, a, it's like a who's who of all of the corporations that are headquartered in Atlanta um, funding this
0: wow so yeah let's talk a little bit about more about what uh what cop city is what's at stake here and what some of the negative outcomes will be if this thing gets built
2: yeah um so cop city is essentially like a police militarization facility um it was already in the works before 2020 but with the whole like fund the police effort that has been happening all across the country um with directing police resources directly to or sorry directing public resources directly to the police um away from like schools and healthcare and all of these other things that we need funded um, there's been like a huge push by the city to direct resources towards funding cop city um despite a huge amount of public backlash so cop city is like um called Cop City because they would have mock city blocks in there where they would train, um, you know, in things that look like public housing, spaces that look like nightclubs, spaces that look like gas stations, um, essentially practicing urban warfare. Um, and they would have um, shooting range, uh, horse stables for their mounted to patrol, but also Um, a course where they practice like driving tactics for um, police chases, which is something that regularly kill people. Um, And so in general, um, yeah, this is being opposed on the basis that giving more police uh, resources, a huge amount of public space over to the police um, is something that Uh, yeah, obviously it is only going to serve to further violence and militarization of police. Um, And it's actually like, they've even talked about, the city of Atlanta has even talked about putting a new jail on the site as well. Um, That's sort of been shoved under the rug, but that's, um, you know, there's no telling what they will do with the 380 acres that they were leased by the city um, in their multiple phases of this project.
0: Jeez. Uh, that's all very terrifying. Um, I also understand there's an environmentalist element of this because, uh, apparently this is, uh, the biggest forest of any major city in the country. I did not know that until recently. And it serves an important role in the local, uh, ecology. You want to, uh, explain a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So in like, I think it's 2017, the city of Atlanta. Did this ecological study, and in it they that they then incorporated this the city of, city council incorporated this study into the Atlanta city charter, um, and so it's called like the Atlanta city design. And in it they talked about sustainability, climate change, the like need to have a resilient city for future. And one of the things that they identified were the lungs of Atlanta, and this area which is known as the South River Forest, as well as the Weelani Forest, um, which is its Muscogee name, Um, it it, it was identified as one of the lungs of Atlanta. Um, And Atlanta is unique from a lot of other cities because it does have um, the most tree canopy, the most tree coverage of any um, city in the United States. Um, We're also losing that tree canopy at an extremely high rate, like Something like uh, close to 30,000 trees every year have been cut down um, since 2020. Um, and so there is an intensification of deforestation in Atlanta, um, which is one of the things that makes the city more resilient to climate change. And we're seeing the effects of that all across South Atlanta. There's like, you know, swaths of forest being cut down to make way for new development. And the people who are the residents of those neighborhoods. Um, are facing increased flooding, increased temperatures, um, and it's really, like, a serious crisis um, across the city. Um, But this section of the South River Forest specifically is, like, historically polluted, but really critical um, for wildlife, for, uh, yeah, like, access to nature. Um, And so this is one of the, the last contiguous pieces of urban forest in the country, and they're seeking to put cop city and also a Hollywood soundstage, like smack dab in the middle of um, this. And again, like, yeah, in their city charter, the city itself said that they wanted to actually take this whole section of forest. So this contiguous part, and then all of the different pieces that it's connected to, which include wetlands, um, and actually turn it into like a protected eco park. So um, they're just scrapping all of that in order to give it over to the police.
0: Great, how long has it been going on exactly? I know it's over a year, right?
2: Yeah, so um, it started in spring of 2021, like opposition to the project. And um, that was like, actually like activists found out about the plans and announced them before it was announced by the city um, in any like major way. And so uh, the campaign, the opposition campaign really started off in like almost two years ago now. Cool. And, um, does that include the encampment itself? Yeah, the encampment has been going on since, um, October of 2021. So it's like 14 months or something now. Um, and there's been like, yeah, obviously increased, uh, repression and like, uh, attempts to evict the encampment, um, that have been going on for about a year or a little more than a year. Wow.
0: So y'all have been holding out for over a year now, which makes it somewhat unique in the recent history of occupations in the U.S. Um, I remember the Halcyon days of Occupy Wall Street. You know, one day they just sent an army of cops down there to clear the park. And that's what happened. You know, these guys showed up looking like the Terminator and everyone had to go or get arrested. So how have the forest defenders managed to stay for so long? Um, What kinds of tactics have been successful? And are they tactics that could hypothetically be replicated elsewhere?
2: Totally, yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting because essentially this movement um, like not only does it bring together two different issues, the police and the environment, um, like as things that are obviously like, you know, hot button, like political issues for all of us. um, But it also brings together people who've had experience in like both the sort of Black Lives Matter, anti-police murder movements um, that have really like taken... Over the country since 2014, and then also like eco defense movements, which, um, you know, both of these uh, have like decades of struggle behind them. But um, coming together into and bringing an urban context um, and an eco, like, an, yeah, an eco defense struggle in an urban context provides like a lot of interesting opportunities to have sort of a broad, like, proper diversity of tactics. So the yeah, the movement has had ongoing encampments, but it's not the only thing that's happened here. Um, There's like lots of people who circulate through the woods um, who don't live there full time and who host events. Like there's been music festivals, there's weekly dinners, um, there's like children who like go on monthly walks there and like host events. Um, There's like nature exploration and all of this, but also obviously there's like, the more militant eco defense. So, not only people just living in the forest, but also building blockades um, to, like, uh, yeah, to to control the like uh, the and and sort of redefine the territory, um, and also uh, constructing tree houses and tree sits, which is like a longstanding environmental defense tactic to um prevent trees from from being cut down and there's like all sorts of other things that have happened in the course of this Um, and but those are like some of the major sort of uh yeah major things that happen in the forest Um, obviously also there's like marches more more sort of things within the whole activist range um calling campaigns demonstrations um there's a whole pressure campaign against the the people who are building the, um, like the actual contractors building these projects. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that has helped to keep energy up, even when there have been evictions in the forest. People have really embraced some interesting perspectives, like. Understanding that the eviction of a camp doesn't mean that the forest has been cut down, even when the police are able to control or, you know, cut trees or clear brush in a part of the forest, um, the rest of it still stands and really, like, keep the morale up. People are really committed to this fight, and it's meant that there's, like, a resilience and a commitment. People keep returning, and a lot of people say that, you know, there's something about the forest that, like, draws you to it. Um, It's, like, a quiet space. You know you're within the city, but... It has a certain like gravity towards it to it that um bring like keeps people coming back.
0: Wow, that's that's really remarkable. Um none of those things sound violent. Um I do not, you know, you didn't mention any sort of property destruction, but if that has happened, I don't consider that to be violence either. Uh and yet the state has been coming down pretty hard on the forest defenders, as I understand it. Um charging people with things like, with with domestic terrorism, things like sitting in trees, posting online, and all of the other nonviolent tactics that you described. So why do you think the state is pursuing this strategy and how effective do you think it'll be?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just like any other political movement, people are embracing like a full range, um, like any means necessary to see the project stopped. So there has been like, you know, acts of sabotage that there have been um, communiques posted about online where people disabled construction vehicles and things like this, um, that, you know, things that were associated with the project. Um, But that's something that that's like a a part of this, but it's one small segment, uh, or I guess like, what I. Yeah, it's it's something that is within this, but it's not um, you know a representative of the breadth of the movement. But the state is definitely you know I think threatened a little bit more um, by the resilience of the movement, by the insistence of people that this project um, not be built, um, by the continued commitment of people to um, sort of like police abolition in the wake of twenty twenty by all of the broad support that this movement has across Atlanta. And by the way, it really like puts a microscope on the progressive politics, like supposedly progressive politics of Atlanta and actually like all the ways that um, the city is basically just uh, totally sold out to, like you know, financial interests. So um, those things are threatening and as well as like, the possibility of tying environmental struggle and police struggle together in a way that I think many people understand to be true. But um, yeah, I I mean, I think that this poses, uh, you know, a serious challenge to, to like, the possibility of our government in protecting our lives for the future. You know, it's like essentially the police are supposed to be our security and safety, but actually the government just has uh, funds, funds the police only in order to serve moneyed interests people are suffering from climate change and the prospect of it. There's young children in this fight who are like, you know, they know what the stakes are for the world right now. Like they understand what it means when a tree in their neighborhood is cut down and like what it means for their life. And they're also understand that like police kill people and that the police murder is only increasing it every year. So, so it's like, this is something that has serious concerns to you know not just residents of atlanta not just children um or young people but to people of all ages and in all places that understand that like this is the future of the world that we're looking at and um you know the government is not not protecting people in in any regard essentially um and so the police basically like you know w- Forcing us walking us closer and closer to climate apocalypse, that's something that poses a serious threat of legitimacy. Um, and so this the the government is interested in um, you know, disincentivizing people from joining a movement like this as much as possible. They want to call people domestic terrorists because, you know, it's a big, scary title, but actually, like, you know, it's less and less meaningful um, the more and more that it's used as, like, a political bludgeon. Like, this is something that also, you know, there's efforts to call, um, you know, the January 6th insurrection, like, some an act of domestic terrorism. This is, like, something that there's a little bit of, like, left and right or Democratic and Republican politics at play also. um, to yeah characterize left wing you know activism something that has been done for decades like sitting in a tree um in order to protect it something that's like an act of domestic terror and actually like the domestic terrorism law was written um in the wake of Dylan Roof's like mass murder at a black church in Charleston, South Carolina, um and also after the Pulse nightclub shooting. And so, you know, the state is using something that was written specifically for like bigoted mass murder to like towards people who they're only charging with like trespassing. Trespassing plus domestic terrorism. It's just, like really an absurd case um and it doesn't seem like it will hold up in court, but obviously that's not what they're necessarily interested in. They want to like stop this movement before it continues growing.
0: Yeah. Sounds like bullshit to me. Um, (laughs) So you mentioned you guys have some programming in the forest. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, What kinds of programming do you have and what kinds of, uh, I know there's a little bit of overlap with the local music scene in terms of punk, hip hop, raves, like, that's cool. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, um, definitely the movement, like, is big. It's, like, decentralized. That means that people just, from the very beginning, like, there has just been um, sort of an open, uh, self-directed activity in the forest that, um, yeah, so so there's, like, like these weeks of action that have happened um, there's been four of them so far and from the very first one which was in June of 2021 um, just basically anyone who wanted to host an event in the forest uh, who felt called to do so would would do so and so that means that there's been a lot of involvement from like local artists especially local musicians from the very beginning Um, after uh, the pandemic and like all sort of the reorganizing of urban space you know the increase in rents and like evictions and all of these things that have happened since then um a lot of the local diy music spaces have been shut down and people have been pushed out into what does exist in the city for public space um and so that means like you know people were throwing parties and uh having hosting shows like under overpasses or like in empty warehouses and things like this. Um, The forest has become one of those places where there are frequent like free parties um, from the local rave scenes. Uh, There's also been a music festival in the forest that involves like lots of local pop artists, hip hop, but also um, yeah, a ton of the hardcore scene and punk scene in Atlanta. so there's been that in the forest as well as like benefit shows and other things like this outside of the forest um and yeah i mean i think that being being in the forest is something really special um in contrast to like going to a show somewhere else in the city you don't have any like you don't have to like go through a bouncer you don't have to like go there's no door there's no cover charge you're just sort of like in this open unbounded space enjoying music enjoying the night sky like with other people who are you know sharing in something that you haven't paid for, you're there because you chose to be there, not because you could pay to be there. And that's something that has a real potency. Um, and yeah, there's other types of programming also. There's a free food distro that happens every week. Um, people host like ecology walks and things like this, but definitely like the, the music scene, art scene, performance art, noise shows, things like this all happen um, in the woods.
0: That sounds very nice, and especially (laughs) coming out of, I don't know, my experience in the organized left has been uh, a space where people often do a lot of hand-wringing about trying not to be a subculture or trying not to be too subcultural or freaky, and I think, I don't know, I think that's sort of a silly concern to have at this point. I think whoever shows up is who, who you got. And if you all met on the local music scene, like, don't be shy. People like music, like whatever.
2: Yeah. It's like people should be organized from where they're at. Like if you're like in a band or you're in a church or something like that, like that's a space that you're already in. And it's like subcultures are places where people share certain values. And that's something that has a lot um, to offer to politics. I think, um, and especially like music and art are so important to historically to, um, you know, communist politics and to like liberatory struggles they are like can't be separated actually. And so um, definitely like uh, engaging people um, is something like on on this basis on what's already shared is like extending into those realms is like, that's really um, extremely beautiful.
0: Yeah, cool. So, okay, you mentioned the, uh, the the that you have the support of the people of Atlanta, and I know that Atlanta is a very large place, a very diverse place with a wide spectrum of politics and interests represented, um, even or especially within the Black community, which accounts for about half of the people there. Um, but what's your sense of public opinion on both the cop city project and the encampment that's fighting it? Um, is there anyone in local government that's on your side? Like what's, what's the vibe?
2: Yeah, definitely local government. There is not support, uh, Necessarily, like there's a couple of local politicians who ran on this issue, maybe even won their campaigns on this issue back in 2021 when it was an election year in Georgia. Um, but as soon as the city council like voted in favor of this, basically all of the electoral politics politics were like, okay, we lost, but um, you know, good luck next time. Like we won't vote for that if it ha- if they try to build another cop city, or I don't really know. But definitely, like in the course of leading up to those elections, a lot of sort of like information was passed out. People did tons of canvassing because essentially the city government tried to um, pass this without people knowing about it. And that's a way that like actually has a lot to do with the racial politics of Atlanta. It's like this thing called the Atlanta Way, where um, like out of the civil rights movement, attempting to sort of like uh, appease both white business interests and um sort of like calm uh or like quash like black rebellion there was an agreement made that like white business owners and business interests would work with black leadership to be like the politicians um that made like backroom deals in order to serve the business interests of Atlanta. And so um, it's like well-documented that this is like what the basis of politics is here. And so essentially that was like, when this came up, it was sort of like the city council was like, okay, this is already a done deal. Um, We've been talking to the APF about it. We're just gonna quickly lease them the land and this won't have to go through any public scrutiny. So really it never had an opportunity to be a public issue, but when it did become, Something that people had awareness about, you know, people recorded in like one hour on a on a Sunday, seventeen hours of public comment were recorded. um, Like opposing, vast majority opposing this project. Um, Surveys like indicated that seventy percent of Atlantans were opposed to it, Um, and that was like during a period of time where almost no one knew that it was happening. So when people have been told what's going on, um, people like. By and large, are opposed to this project. Um, definitely, like the city is not homogenous by any means, and there is, you know, um, Atlanta is the Black Mecca. Um, like that's what it's what it's called, and uh, you know, there is definitely like a wide disparity in the ways that. Um, racial justice is touted by the city government versus the actual outcomes for poor and working class black Atlantans. Um, it has like the highest level of income disparity, which is extremely racialized. Um, and, you know, also a high degree of like gentrification, displacing black Atlantans. Um, and people tie obviously these things to the police, uh and to like the city selling out to developers that are bringing like, they're like prioritizing basically Hollywood, um, California, like Hollywood transplants coming to serve the film industry over the people who have lived here for decades. People are like know about this. And also Georgia is one of the most carceral places in the like, uh, you know, like in the, what was called, called the first world. Um, you know, it's like one in a hundred people in Georgia is like in some form of carceral control, whether that's on probation, in prison, like on house arrest, um, you know, something like this. Uh, And so definitely like the funding of uh, police over, you know, just everyone's basic needs is something that um, people are opposed to. Word. Um.
0: Okay, so I understand this might be hard to talk about, Um, I know it just happened, but uh, people probably know by now, your comrade Tortugita was killed by the police very recently while defending the forest. Um, To the best of your knowledge, what happened that day that the cops murdered Tortugita? Um, And is there any message you'd like to convey about
2: these events? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's really difficult because there's not a ton of information that we do know about what happened when Tortuguita was killed um, by the Georgia State Patrol. Uh, this happened during like one of these raids that um, has become increasingly violent that the police have been leading on the encampment and on the forest over the last six months or so. They've increasingly militarized um, and brought in more and more police agencies into these raids. Um, what we do know is that Tortuguita was shot and killed by a Georgia State Patrol officer, and they claim that um, they also shot uh, the trooper, and that that's why they were um, why the police, you know, killed them. Um, but. What we also know is that the police regularly lie about the circumstances under which they shoot and kill someone, um, and their story was never very clear um, from the start. Uh, they claimed that, um, you know, they, at first they claimed that they were approached by someone who shot at them at random. Then they claimed that they approached someone, Tortiguita, um, and shot, and like were shot at. Then they claimed that um, you know they approached a tent and gave some orders and were shot at from the tent. Then they released uh, photographs of this that actually depict like a hammock. Um, and so really their their story has changed significantly. Um, they you know, yeah, the, so the police have refused to to turn over the investigation to an independent investigator, which is what has been one of the community demands around this. Um, The GBI who lead the task force, the police task force that killed um, Tortuguita, they are the ones investigating the shooting. So obviously, like, you know, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, they can't investigate themselves. This is basically one of the only things that they do is investigate officer-involved shootings and almost no, you know, there's no, like, outcomes that come from this that actually serve justice. Um, And so yeah i mean the other things that we know are that people who are on the ground uh reported that they heard 12 shots in one single volley not like a shot and returned fire um and so that's something that also sort of breaks with what the police narrative is and we also know that from the police scanners they never called to render aid to tortuguita um they simply you know killed them and only were calling for aid for the trooper who um, apparently had a gunshot, got sh- gunshot wound, although no further details have come out regarding the trooper who um, the police claim was shot. So um, yeah, that's um, as far as like the specific details of it, that's what we know. Um, we also know that like Tortiquita was um, a really committed revolutionary fighter. They were committed to being a forest defender They, um, you know, died defending the forest um, in the encampment, which they had lived in for something like nine months. Um, We know that they were extremely brave in past police um, raids. In one instance, um, occupying a treehouse as the police shot tear gas and pepper balls into it for over five hours and refusing to come down, um, refusing to submit to police threats on their life and also to the chemical weapons. Um, they, you know, fiercely defended the forest um, with, uh, yeah, with all with and gave their life for it in, in the end. Um, and yeah, people uh, who are close to them are, have obviously been extremely affected by this, but I think also um, there's been a huge outpouring of support and people are um uh like galvanized by um their murder by the police and uh you know invested in making sure this project doesn't go through
0: yeah yeah i've seen solidarity protests in the past week all over the country happening and that's been i mean look it would have been nice to have those happen more before but uh i guess it's good that they're happening now um But yeah, I was very sorry to hear that that happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of solidarity previously, um, but uh, the stakes of this have been made clear to even more people who are obviously um, motivated and um, moved by um, their killing. So uh, it's, it's definitely, you know yeah I don't know I mean I think to a certain extent it's one of the same things where people don't always necessarily know what's happening um there's a lot of like ways that political information is suppressed on online and so that's something that uh unfortunately it's like we most know or most are moved to act when someone has been killed by the police but um it's it's happening all of the time and um Developments like this are as well, but uh, anything that you know represents something that people can act towards is, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be upset about about people being moved now. Um, Yeah,
0: for sure. So, um, speaking of solidarity, um, people all over the place listening to this, thinking, "Wow, I agree with you. This is very bad that they're trying to build a cop city in the forest." what can people do if they want to get involved
2: and help out? Yeah, um, yeah. so there's StopCopCitySolidarity.org, I think, that has like information about um, people who are involved in this project uh, and companies that are involved that are all over the country. Um, so definitely visiting that website is great. Um, there's all different types of organizations locally that are involved. Um, There is information that can be found on Defend the Atlanta Forest, Stop Cop City, Community Movement Builders. Um, There, yeah, there's like, you know, calls to action for calling campaigns and pressure campaigns all the time. Um, Pressuring the local DAs and DeCAB to drop the domestic terrorism charges is one thing that people can do. Um, And also calling on the funders and the builders, the the contractors um, to stop this project is another, um, anything that ups the pressure. Um, fundraising for the Atlanta Solidarity Fund is definitely something that will go a long way towards the legal defense of people who are facing repression. Um, there's been uh, you know, dozens of arrests and most recently 19 people are facing domestic terrorism charges. So um, that's definitely something that is, is needed. Um, and, and Cop City, you know, it, it wouldn't train only Georgia police. It would train police all over the country. It's something that, um, you know, people have stakes in, um, certainly all over the Southeast and all over the US. Um, Word. Um, okay. I saved this little extra credit
0: question for last because I often waste, I, I, it's never wasted, but I often spend most of my time. Talking about this kind of wide angle analysis, and I forget the nuts and bolts. But if you're <laughs> up for it, um, I have one more question. Okay. So what um you touched on it a little bit before, but um, what prior struggles have kind of taught or inspired the forest defense? Like where would you situate it in relationship to events like the George Floyd uprising of twenty twenty? the occupation at standing rock and other direct actions against the police the state white supremacy capitalism you know all that big stuff
2: yeah um i mean i think that people who are involved in these political movements draw on anything that we can and so uh certainly there are things that people have experience in they involve they, that like that includes um. Yeah, the 2014 Black Lives Matter movement, the 2020 George Floyd uprising, definitely Standing Rock and other environmental protests across the country. There's Line Three. There's the anti-pipeline struggles in Virginia and Pennsylvania and North New Orleans. Um, there's also, um, you know, uh, yeah, like local urban struggles. Um, things like uh, fighting to abolish ICE. Uh, struggles to, um, you know, provide, uh, like, uh, I guess, like, local, um, like, resource allocation struggles. That's not, like, a really clear way to say it. But also, there's, like, international, um, inspiration, definitely. Like, most recently, there's, like, the Luserath, uh, Germany, Struggle, but but that's like the most recent one in a history of um, German forest defense. There's the Hamburg, uh, the Hamby, sorry, the Hamby forest struggle, and obviously uh, also the struggle against airport in France. The Zod is something that's inspiring to people. Um, I think you know struggles against extraction and um, against sort of like environmental predation by corporations that like have been going on all across Latin America are things that people draw inspiration from. Um, Definitely like a huge range. Um, There's anti-highway struggles in the Midwest. Um, And yeah, uh, mutual aid um, efforts also all across the country. That's something that Tortuguita was personally like really – Uh, held dear and was committed to was like mutual aid uh, efforts. So yeah, uh, a ton of different, a ton of different struggles. Cool.
0: Okay. I lied. This is actually the last question. Um, Where do you see this going in the future? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What do you hope comes (laughs) out of this?
2: Um, yeah I mean, I hope that um, I hope that people um, are moved in a new way to fight against something um, and for something that I think you know people want to fight want to fight for, um, but maybe it's really unclear. Um, you know, climate change is such like a behemoth. And so are the police. And there's something that it's really difficult to imagine a world without. Um, but actually, like it's necessary to believe and to um, work towards a world and, and fight for a world where there's a total transformation, or both of these things um, are, you know, we we can contend with and deal with changes to the climate without it being a catastrophe that is a death sentence for for all of us and um, that we can live in a world where police violence and force doesn't dictate all of our lives. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult when you like imagine that there will be some moment like there will be some moment where the climate um, is so uh, it's so up in everyone's face that we all must act against it. Um, but I, I kind of, you know, I imagine there will be moments like that, but there will be many of them and, um, it's up to all of us to act in a way that, uh, takes seriously, like our futures, um, on our own, on our own basis, like for ourselves and also for the people around us, uh, and not to wait for that moment, um, for like the, the struggle that, combines things well, but to be organized with the people that we share our lives with to, um, you know, build up resources that can support us um, outside of, um, you know, capitalism and and government and um, to believe that like uh, it is possible to act in the face of things that seem uh, like foregone conclusions um that it is possible for us to change the the f- sort of fabric of life and change what it means to live on this live on this world live in this planet
0: hell yeah um i agree with all of that uh thank <laughs> you so much for what you're doing down there in atlanta i really want to make it there at some point yeah. um one of my Co-host of my podcast, Aaron Thorpe, actually lives in Atlanta, so I think it would be really valuable for us to go to the forest together. Um, totally. And yeah, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, let me know if there's uh, if you have any questions or requests, and I'll uh, I'll write you right back.
2: Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it's it nice talking with you. Awesome. All right. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. All right, we played the clip.
1: <laughs> Play the clip, and we're back. We're and back for a little bit of a, a post. uh what was it? Post-op analysis and talk. But talk a post, little bit more about a
0: post-interview chit-chat. Post-interview
1: chit-chat and uh, talk a little bit a bit more about Cop City.
0: I guess uh, I forgot I was going to do a disclaimer in there, which is that it was very late at night when yeah. I spoke to Sarah. I mean, it wasn't that late. It was like nine thirty. Uh, but I, it was like my third interview of the day. She was tired from doing, you know, defending the forest or whatever. And mm. I initially intended it to be just to get a few little sound bites to run in my means TV segment. So mm. there was not nearly as much like following up and back and forthing as there would be if I were like consciously doing a podcast. But I still think it was. Uh, it was no,
1: it was, good. it was informative. It was informative, and I mean, like, I don't know if people haven't heard about this. Um, it's I mean, the people from paper heard about it recently because someone was killed, you know, by police there. Um, But, Jamie, let me ask you a question, because you talked to people that were there Um, and I I live here and actually it's happening in my county, DeKalb County, although I don't like live in the neighborhood that it's happening in. So DeKalb County residents never got a say in this. Not that the people who got to put their community input. Like I think it was like 17 hours, which is like fucking nothing, you know, if you've ever been to like a city hall, you know what I'm saying, like a community like a city council kind of thing like that, like where they take public input, that's like nothing. but um we didn't get an input as the cab residents, but I have to ask you, like, what did you like was there anything that you were because the whole thing is horrific, right? but was there anything that you were surprised about, right um that you didn't know about or that you were shocked about when you talked to people? When do you do this interview? I
0: mean, not really. <laughs> Cop's going to yeah. cop, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it is, it is crazy the degree to which the movement against police and prisons has been neutralized for now, yeah. at least in, you know, most of mainstream society, you know, for a hot second there, you know, liberals were posting, defund the police, mm-hmm. and then... Andy brought this up on the Antifada and I think I mostly agree. I don't even know if they really made an argument for giving the cops lots and lots of money so much as an argument against, uh, well, these people are crazy, you know, the people who want to defund the police. I mean, I guess they have made some like law and order arguments here and there, but like, mm-hmm. it's very, uh, it's very discouraging to me the degree to which people just, you know, just gave up on it and forgot about it and you know turned even you know ostensible progressives turned around and were like well of course we're going to fund the police
1: yeah yeah and i and i think too you know on the part of the left um i mean because like you know with the atlanta forest with the um with cop city like it didn't start off with people occupying the forest right it, it tried to start out with like you know um like awareness and educating the community which is why when they had community input there was overwhelming opposition to it right Mm -hmm. and you know it escalated like so quickly that and in such a way that it reminded me of you know 2020 and the uprising and the way that it was put down so ferociously and so quickly that people were almost stunned you know like, it wasn't something that people were planning for. Like, a lot of this was ad hoc, like, as it was happening. So, I mean, people were just like, got the shit beat out of them, went to fucking jail, shit got shut down. And then we were like, and then the progressives and liberals, you know, elected, um, you know, candidates like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. And the Democrats won the White House, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, it's not, and not to say on the part of the left that, like, people gave up. But, like, people were browbeaten, yo, you know. Yeah. And like with the pandemic, everything sort of um sliding back into this normalcy, you know, before normalcy was even like I mean, even like remotely like possible, if that would ever happen again, like people were told to go back to work and to go back to school, you know. Yeah. So
0: No, uh, we man. we definitely need to sustain that sense of urgency. And I understand on some level, you know, people don't always just wanna be on threat level one. Mm. or whatever the highest number is, you know, Mm. like people need to take a break. People need to fucking not be stressed out all the time about everything. Um, But, and you know what? That's fine. Not everyone is going to be able to do what Tortuguita did and Mm -hmm. move to the forest in order to defend it. I think they were living there for like nine months uh, or they had been living there for like nine months when they were killed. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. there are lots and lots of things that people can do without having to devote like your literal living situation to uh, a cause like that. You know, Mm -hmm. you can, if all you have is money, that's fine. You can give money to the legal defense team. Um, They need it. They really, really need it right now. A lot of these Mm -hmm. protesters bail is being set at, you know, ridiculously high numbers that they can't possibly meet. They're being charged with domestic terrorism. So if you just want to donate, that's fine. You can call call the representatives responsible call the um call the companies uh actually a couple of investors now have gotten scared and pulled out yeah, of this thing yeah. so if there's one one other thing that's like legitimately surprising to me about this it's that they could win that's
1: that's that's what I was going to say too that i think one investor has already pulled out but i mean like i think one thing that um tort had said that which was which made the which made their killing like, you know, and the reason, right, why, like of self defense as if the officer had been shot, which we found out later that more likely than not, based on video evidence, that it was like friendly fire. Like they were shot by another officer. But there was this interview that they had done where they were talking and stressing nonviolence, right? And, you know, I mean I when I try to think about it and I think about in Storm in terms of like history, and I think about like, you know, the question of what needs to be done, right? It seems like a no-brainer, right? It's not about whether I would do something, but it seems like it will have to escalate to that point. But they brought up a really good point when they said that like, you know, in order to gain the trust of the community and the trust of everyday people, like, you know, saying that we're going to like come out there and like fucking fight the cops, right? it's not the way to bring people on board and anyway in the first place we don't we never are the ones to initiate the violence so i just want to i just want to say that because like as angering as this was and you know it, it makes you think some things right <laughs> in terms of a uh, karma not even karma but praxis right and what's possible um i mean it, it's 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 possible that pressure real public pressure can you know stop this from happening you know but mm-hmm. to be continued right
0: yeah. I mean, this, I think, is a very good example of the ways that people can directly fight the police and the state mm. without the kind of pitched battle that mm. a lot of people think we're talking about when we talk about revolution or even insurrection, you know? Exactly. Because people, they are using nonviolent direct action tactics, they're putting their bodies on the line, they mm. are using their bodies. I mean, it's a very old ecological defense uh, tactic, right? Sit in a tree. The, stere- the, like, like the, the literal stereotype of the tree hugger comes yeah. from the American ecological movement and the idea of nonviolent direct action. You know, the, the wager being that the state will not just massacre its own citizens in order to achieve its goals. Now, I think that's a proposition that's going to be tested in Mm -hmm. the case of the Atlanta forest. Um, The fact that they, 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 they already killed one person, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a really big deal. And Mm -hmm. it's attracting a lot of negative attention to this project. Um, Politicians now are changing their minds. I think uh, Martin, the Martin Luther King foundation or his, some of his descendants Mm -hmm. released a statement saying that they should not build cop city there Mm -hmm. in the forest. Um. So, you know, it, it brings to mind, like, the the sit-ins at the lunch counters of the American Civil Rights era, you know? Like, yeah. it is the U.S. government willing to just massacre its own citizens in order to get what it wants? And sometimes the answer is yes. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Without question.
0: Sometimes the answer is yes. But still, the idea of them going in with, like, you know... Uh, automatic weapons just mowing down every single person in the forest still seems like a, a little bit far off
1: yeah yeah i mean th- these are these are visions of some dystopic nightmare future that you know you, you you'd see it like i don't know like something like handmaid's tale which literally that's kind of how it starts right like people are at a protest and all of a sudden they're shocked to learn that the police are mowing them down they don't give a fuck right but the more the, the more i don't want to like you know like, get on the negative. But the more horrifying reality that this goes through is that, like, um, you know, when you were talking to Sarah, I think their name was, when you were talking mm-hmm. to Sarah about this, Um, you know, the two-pronged thing is that, of course, this is the continued militarization of, you know, police, right? Um, that this will serve as some sort of almost like like School of the Americas law enforcement center mm-hmm. because they're going to be training police forces from not just around the country but around the world the same way that uh, police departments like the atlanta police department right go to israel to train with the idf right we're going to be doing that here and um you know but besides the militarization right um and this mock city um and also i have to add this uh, the institute of social justice that they're going to have there i mean this is like again all dystopian right but there's the environmental factor, right? Like how Sarah was saying that Atlanta, a study was written in 2017 where Atlanta's, um, the forest is one of the lungs of Atlanta. And I mean, being from New York and you, Jamie, you live in New York. Dude, like I thought New York was like something Queens. So I lived in like really residential suburb suburb you can get close to Long Island. I thought there were hella trees, right? Dude, when I moved here, I didn't realize like how much of the city, I mean, it's a city in a forest and how hot it gets some days in the summer and how much hotter it would be if they cut all that shit down. So it's like, not only are you actively going to kill people, you know what I mean? The police, but you're going to like kill people environmentally, you know, yeah. and they're going to be mostly black people, working class, black people, working people, you know,
0: it really, it really ties a lot of things together. Yeah. Like every, everything I learned about the Atlantic forest made me think of you, Aaron, mm. like, Oh, they're training the cops to kill Black Atlantis? I'm like, yes, no. It, it, yes, dude. Aaron. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and it's also Atlanta's lung. I'm like, no, Aaron needs his lungs. <laughs> not again, dude, motherfucker.
1: Not again. Already missing one lung. I don't need the city's lug to be gone as well. Dude, it, it makes me think about, like, you know, like, I mean, like, my mom lives here, you know? I mean, and and it, I want to ask you a question, too, Jamie, because I think I mentioned this on the trails, and you know what? Like, I might be wrong about this, because... Eric Adams, after all, like, you know, is like the mayor of like the largest city in the country. Right. And he's a former cop. But, you know, the NYPD is the largest police department in the country. But I just feel like, you know, like what what's able to happen down here in the south? It just imagine if Eric Adams had said I mean, he's done a bunch of horrible shit and he will continue. But imagine if he said, yeah, we're going to open up a new a whole we're going to cut down a a whole entire forest. And just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it would be something that would, like, not fly under the radar as easily. But this has been going on for, like, two years, dog. Like, this isn't new. Yeah. But it's because of this politics in the South and the way that, like, it works. Like, even though Atlanta's supposed to be the city too busy to hate, and you have, like, the black media, media misleadership class, like, people like Keisha Lance Bottoms, who were in charge of shit like this, and then Andre Dickens... I don't know, like, like, do you feel like there's like there's like a, a specific character to it happening down here in the South? You know what I mean? Like oh, historically?
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, she mentioned in the interview something called the Atlanta way, where mm-hmm. uh, apparently the, uh, the the capitalists, the largely uh, not not completely white capitalists, but the capitalist class of Atlanta works with uh, black leaders yep. and uh, prominent Democrats to sort of. Past policies that are, you know, supportive of the status quo and the capitalist structure without riling up the black proletarians of Atlanta. And that is very much on display. The process you were talking about how, you know, you live in DeKalb County and these people were not invited in on the process at all. Uh, and, and that D-Cab was, was on like
1: 80% black, I think, or like 90%, like over like 80% black, I think, DeKalb County, the county yeah. that I live in, like overwhelmingly. And like, there's a reason
0: why they chose that area to build Cop City because they knew the people living right around it, um, they don't have, they can't vote. They don't have input on, you know, stuff that happens within city limits. But exactly. even like voting, even if they could vote, like voting doesn't do very much, always, as we know. Like, uh, I mean, apparently there were some progressives who actually ran on stopping cop city but mm-hmm. once uh they were in there they lost the vote they're like well there's nothing we can do now i guess they have to fucking build this thing
1: i think one of them is the mayor like andre dickens if i'm like if i'm correct i don't i think like he yeah i think he spoke about like uh, out against cop city but once don't quote me on that i may be wrong but i do know that he has always been like, I used to go to city council meetings and he was an at large city council member and he would always be amenable and talk to organizers, right? Like he would be one of the people that like I was kind of like surprised at, like pleasantly surprised, right? Because like he would like listen to us, right? And he'd sit down with us. The minute that he became Mario, like it's like, nah, we're we not shut down to jail. And yep, Cop City is definitely going forward. And it's like, these are black people though, right? Like these are like, I mean, these are even like, like, I think Julian Bond as well. I'm not sure how he voted. I shouldn't say how, or if he's still even a city council member, but going, he's like the son of a civil rights leader, right? Like Julian Bond was his dad's name. And these are people who literally are descendants from civil rights leaders or are, think they're, they think they're carrying on that uh, civil rights tradition, which started in the South in Atlanta. And it gives them a lot of cover and a lot of leeway because it's not like a white mayor doing this to you, right, yeah, you know what I mean, and it's just I don't know, man it's 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 there there's definitely something about the South being like I mean, I think the trobillies know this well best right being from coal country, like the ways that technology will be applied, you know, and business will be applied to like make people's lives worse for the future, you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's
0: not not great, I gotta say, all right, maybe I'm not that surprised. I'm a little disappointed in Killer Mike for not mm. saying anything about this because he, uh, you know, is like a well-known black progressive in Atlanta. And it kind of makes me wonder why, you know.
1: Dude, I mean, I'll tell you, listen, Killer Mike is, uh, dude, he's so funny because, like, you know, and I, I like, I liked the guy, you know, like, when Bernie... Um, of course, like I saw him at the rally, you know, I actually like spoke to him and was like, Yo, man, dude, like it was cool to meet you, it was tight. But like, you know, the fact that when the protest happened in twenty twenty, you know, he's like a black capitalist, right? He owns business, right? Um and I'm not sure if he's a landlord, but I think he is. Also, Aww. like you didn't hear this well, you hear it from me. But I heard from someone who I won't mention that um apparently he also uh was donating to uh, Kelly Leffler. I think was like like there was some transfer of money or donations between the two or something like that. So this guy just really doesn't really put like I mean his money where his mouth is. You know what I'm saying? Like during the 2020 uprising, he was telling people like, "Oh, don't burn down your own shit," as if people who live in those neighborhoods own the fucking Walmart that they're burning down or some shit like that or whatever. Oh yeah, um, I
0: remember that. They're saying the same stuff now, by the way. Based on based on a very small very targeted protest that I believe the only things damaged were like a cop car and the windows of Bank of America, which is heavily invested in this project. And, and I think some
1: machinery too.
0: Yeah. Some some of the machinery that's trying to like, you know, mow down the trees and build, mm. build a city for cops to train to kill people in. Based on that very targeted uh, kind of sabotage. And by the way, damaging property does not count as violence unless there were human beings being damaged in the process. Uh, yeah. Now they're saying like, oh, they're rioting again. You know, we got to get this shit under control. But like, I don't know. I feel like that message is losing its power. And the more information gets out about this movement and the the real like real reasonableness of its goals... I I don't know. I think the tide might turn again. You know, these things come in cycles, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I hope so, man. I hope you're right. I mean, like, you know, I think, like, I, like, I don't watch a lot of mainstream news, like, purposefully so. But, like, you know, I live with my mom and she does, right? And I pay attention sometimes to what they're covering. And I haven't, like, I haven't heard anything since, like, Tor has been shot. I haven't heard anything about this. Like, CNN, of course, covered it. Um, But... At least online and within the city, like people are talking about it, but I mean, I don't know, man, like I think the the thing I think I really don't know. I think the goal maybe is to like just kind of like use whatever position or advantage that we have to just show how like heinous this is, you know, like okay. not to have nothing they just not only did they just kill somebody over this, but like the people that are like protesting and occupying the forest are not doing this violently, right. Like their demands are pretty fucking reasonable, like there's i mean, I mean, the city will say there's a reason for it, which I mean I mean, the city's reasons for it are obvious, right? Like they're concerned about this like this 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 future in which they're gonna be uh, they're gonna have to worry about riots right in cities, right, and how they're gonna ha- handle that and put that in control, but it's like you do you really need like a you know what was it three hundred acre ninety million dollar facility to do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you really like actually need that for like? And they say firemen are gonna be there too, and it's like, dude, like at least when I'm like in Atlanta, there's so like if you wanted to even build this, which they fucking shouldn't, but they need to build a more like housing for people or schools or shit like that or hospitals. But like, dude, there's so much space here in Atlanta, just like vacant space that's just like no. I mean, I don't. I guess it's bought up, but the city's just sitting on it, or developers are, and it's like. It's so cartoonishly villainous, yeah. like villainous, right? To like, just be like, it's like some fern gully shit, dog. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man, maybe hopefully too, like with, you know, like continuing climate catastrophe, you know, sooner than later, people be like, oh shit, like this is in my backyard. Like yeah. this, what I'm seeing happening, like across the country and around the world is going to happen in my city because yeah. of what they're doing and the reason why they're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. so
0: Yeah, they have to do it in the most evil way possible. Because they just don't think that there's anything anyone can do. But there are things that people can do. And, you know, the fact that they are... I mean, this is going to be another question. The fact that they feel the need to train for some sort of urban proletarian uprising that they think is going to happen, maybe that should give us a little bit of... I don't want to say hope because when if and when this happens it will be terrifying and a lot of people will get hurt mm-hmm. but you know things can't stay the way that they are and Uh-oh. if that involves uh some sort of fight if that involves some sort of insurrection like look we've already seen this happen this happened in 2020 it's been memory hold by everybody but the far left and the far right it seems but it fucking happened. It happened in all 50 states, and it's going to happen again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? You're, you're so right about, like, this is, like, untenable. And, like, you know, the hope is that, like you we were saying, is that, like, in order, like, like, for power to maintain control and domination, like, there are always, like, these little sleight of hands that really reveal how weak it actually is, right? You know, because, like, the fact that they're scared— you know what I mean? Or it's something that, like, and when I say scared, I mean, I am pretty sure that they do have meetings where they project into the future about this shit. Like, these motherfuckers are aware of worsening material conditions, environmental conditions. But I also think it's, too, it's just some co- subconscious, like, almost reactive, like, as of course, like, capitalism is an organism, you know, that's reacting to this, right? But, like, at the end of the day, man, it's just, like, like, I think that, like, the just the the cartoon again the cartoonish evilness of it you know i would i would really really hope that like people be like yeah man this is like not this is not happening in the near future this is happening like now you know so yeah i don't know man well uh we'll see i guess it it, it does upset me too that uh i mean it's it doesn't even upset me because i knew this would happen but uh I didn't really expect John Ossoff to say anything, of course, you know. um, He's a senator. Oh, what did he say? He didn't say shit. And neither did fucking. um, And I mean, I shouldn't be surprised by this because, like, these are fucking Democrats, but, like, Raphael Warnock, you know, I I mean, he's a guy who, like, people thought that. I mean, I fucking voted for both of them, and I knew he wasn't, like, a. I knew he was, like, seemingly more progressive um, than a lot of his colleagues, but it's just, like, If you can't even get, can't even get like the senators, you know, the federal, like you know, saying representatives to say something about this shit, like I don't know, man, it um, something's got to give, you know.
0: Well, because they support it, they probably support it. Uh, Oh yeah, but they don't want to get the blowback for saying that they do if they don't have to, so they're just not going to say anything. Uh, But like. I don't know, like, what do we do now? I think it's important to show people that, like, what's actually going on, what the issues at stake currently are, and, you know, once you explain it to people in a way that makes sense, you know, like, the average working-class Atlantan would rather have a city that would rather have a forest there than, yeah. you know, the most evil, militarized police training facility that you can possibly fucking imagine. So, you know, it... It does worry me a tiny bit when uh, you see people portraying the forest defenders as a bunch of like crazy blue haired, like white kids from wherever who came to try to be heroes. But um, that's not the reality. And but you know what? I I have had colorful hair on occasion. (laughs) All right. I am a white person. (laughs) I am from the suburbs. Suburbs. Does that mean that I can't care about exactly? Uh, the world and other people like why is that a bad thing
1: yeah yeah it's like it's really weird when they like try to i mean first of all like this is like i mean like the resistance is primarily from people who live in the fucking community right whether they're longtime residents or whether they've moved from another state and been living there for years right and like but besides that like why shouldn't this be like like this 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 incident and this whole story should be like a um kind of uh, uh Foreboding, I guess, for not just the future, but the rest of the country, right? And like in in other cities, you know. Um, I mean, even for New York. I mean, Jesus Christ, Eric Adams, you know what I mean? And um He's I don't so know, jealous
0: right now at the, yeah, le- he's of so the level je- of state repression that they're doing in Atlanta. He's like, fuck.
1: Yeah, he's like about to call up Andre Dickens, like, yo, man, so help me out. But he's, like
0: he's about to do some real it, fucked up shit just to compete with them.
1: Just to one up on him, man. I don't know, dude. Like it, it's just, it's just, it's just like. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's um. It's just bad, man. I don't, I don't even believe really know what else to say about it. It, it. Like every time I think about it, it just it just gives me this like really eerie, icky, foreboding. I mean, it's really dark, you know. Because like this, for someone to sit down and say like, okay, we need this thing, looking ahead into the future, like um, it it really makes me think that like these like we we think of these people like these you know the elite. I mean not everyone maybe, but like sometimes it's like these kind of just craven monsters, you know, who are like just like 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 they haven't they can't be desired, they're unsatiated, right? Um, and everything they do is almost like an impulse to accumulate more and more and more. But like nah, man, these motherfuckers are like planning, they're always planning for the long term, you know, beyond even their lives, you know? Because like this started before Andre Dickens. I think this either started even before I maybe think Kasim Reed. I think Kasim, no, Keisha, I don't know if Kasim Reed was a part of it at all, but Keisha Lance Bottoms, not Andre Dickens, the mayor after him as well, you know, so uh, unless, you know, he nip the shit in the bud, so.
0: Yeah, it's almost like these things are driven by larger systems and processes Absolutely. and not merely individuals. Absolutely. Who are also bad, by the way.
1: They're yeah, who are also bad and let the shit happen. Like but, the um, root
0: yeah. cause of it. They're just, you know, they're doing capitals bidding. Yeah, doing as as, as as the state has been uh, deputized to do, like we learned from reading Lenin.
1: Yep, yep, and um, yeah, man, and uh, you know, again, why you should care? It's not just the issue of like, you know, a police issue or issue of like militarization, but like it's an environmental issue, you know. Like you, you're right. This is really like this is really does cover like, like when people talk about environmental racism, you know. Like, I know, like, the right laughs at that term, you know what I mean? And, like, liberals love to, like, use it because it makes them sound like, you know, like, I mean, woke, right? Like, it makes them sound like they care, I should say, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, nah, dog, like, these are the people who are going to be most affected by that, you know?
0: Well, if there are any liberals listening to this, uh, this is a great way to fight environmental racism.
1: Yes, yes, it is.
0: Fucking go to Atlanta, set up a fucking tent... Yeah, and bring
1: supplies? Dude, you can bring supplies. I mean, that's one thing that like, like you know, any occupation, people need water, people need food, man.
0: Yeah, especially because the cops keep tampering with their water supply. Yeah. They keep going in and sabotaging just, just like everything that these people are using to keep themselves alive in the forest. Yeah. The cops yeah. have uh, fucked with them on purpose. Yeah, man, not surprising, so but... Uh, not,
1: not surprising at all.
0: I, I really want to go. They're having another week of action. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Um, just got a message from someone in the know. Mm-hmm. Someone who, you know, my little, my little network of comrades, some of whom are there right now, some of whom have merely been to there. I feel sad that I haven't been yet. I really want to come maybe in March. There's going to be a week of action, another week of action, Um, The first big march is going to be at 11 a.m. on the 4th of March to retake the forest because apparently there's parts of it that have been cleared out. So definitely check that out if you're anywhere near there. Also, like I know someone has been killed, so I understand if you are afraid to go. But most of these demonstrations have been fairly peaceful and uneventful. There are many, many, many organizations involved, including those social fascists at the DSA.
1: Yes.
0: But this is not just for freaks. All right. This is for everybody who cares about the world. And there are many different levels of involvement that you can uh, get into. And there's going to be a lot of, there already have been a lot of solidarity actions around Mm. the country and even the world, I believe, but there are going to be even more because the fight's not over and it actually seems like we may have reached some kind of turning point i don't know it seems like we might actually win it seems like uh faced with the choice between uh you know just killing everyone to achieve mm-hmm. its goals and you know letting the tree huggers have this one it's very pos- it seems possible that the state is going to retreat and that will be a major victory for folks like us who care about the environment, uh, who care about racism and who care about building communism in the long term.
1: Absolutely. And I mean like if you if you can't make it, um one thing you could do is I you know you can um you can donate to Atlanta Solidarity Fund, um, where they handle bail, you know, making sure that people get out of jail. Um and I already
0: said that, but that's okay. Oh you did,
1: yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. I just wanted to get I'm reiterating. I'm do reiterating it. just in case. But you um also definitely too,
0: oh, still do that.
1: Also too, I guess this is also what I want to say too um um uh, and you mentioned this earlier as well, but like, yeah, like I think one um one business partner has already pulled out, mm-hmm. you know, so this this is like, I mean, again, this is something and not because these corporations or these individuals actually care, right? I mean, it's because like like the cops just fucking kill somebody and they and people are upset and outraged. and like why the fuck is this happening, right? like, I mean, it's not good for business. And I mean, this is, I guess like you said earlier, Jamie, I think um, you're right. This is really like a test as to whether, you know, not only, you know, how far will the cops go, but like how far will, you know, um, corporations and individuals that are involved with this, how far are they willing to go, right? To like bloody their hands. They're already bloodied hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just make these people look like the fucking monsters they are, you know?
0: Yep. Because they really are. Truly. I mean, look. Given the choice between some blue-haired tree hugger and mm-hmm. uh, you know the fucking Gestapo, yeah,
1: like, like who, would, who would
0: you rather have dictating policy? Who would you like to have win that fight?
1: Literal, literal fascists, and um, you know, yeah, you can't like. Your last thing I'll say too, like you said, Jamie, you can't vote your way out of this. You know, I mean, you had politicians who, black politicians, local politicians who were ostensibly against it, and the minute that they saw that this was going to go through and they just kind of stopped talking about it or they supported it. Or they pushed it through. Um, and you know, this is, again, was like, you know, in great overwhelming opposition, right. By like the community, the like actual people who live there, you know, um, not someone from LA who's moved across the country, you know, who's come here, which even if people did, so what, Yeah. Thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, it means you care. Oh no, people care who aren't immediately impacted by it. Let's uh, let that's not something to aspire to. Uh, yeah, no, the process is. I mean, that's that's the way that the legislative process is designed, right? It's like, Mm. all right, well, they they did it. They got this thing through by hook or by crook, and you know maybe you voted against it, but now there's nothing. There's nothing we can do. They won. Actually, no. Like, this is a new, this is a different kind of democracy. Yeah. And I think if they win, it's going to show that, um, you know, maybe there are other democratic forms, perhaps more democratic forms than simply simply voting and participating in the bourgeois electoral process. Or maybe not. Maybe democracy doesn't matter that much when the, like, if the majority is right and the, uh, if the majority is wrong and the minority is right... Right. Um, Maybe uh, it's a good thing that the minority can get together and use effective tactics to uh, to win, to change, to change hearts and minds and to, you know, physically stop through superior power and sneakiness uh, Mm. (laughs) this thing. Like, how did we get, uh, I don't know, civil rights, any measure of civil rights in this country? That was another case of the majority oppressing the minority Right, yeah. literal yeah. minorities, racial minorities, yeah. and like literal
1: actual, yeah, exactly. Guess what? The
0: minorities, minorities were right, so yeah. Yeah. it was and, important and, for them to stand up regardless of what the majority
1: thought. And I think like low key too. I mean, like at the time, I know like if you ask people, white people, what they thought of like the demonstrations. Um, I mean, they said people were saying the same things they're saying about the forest defenders, right? Like these are a bunch of hooligans, right? Like these are people, like you know, these are a bunch of like, uh, uh, you know, black hooligans and white left wing radicals, you know, and um, like, yeah, man, it 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 just, I think, I think like just constant pressure, you know, of these little like node points, like especially like business, right, um, and also other forms of direct action, but yeah, I mean, this just like, I uh, just like be hopeful, man. This just can't happen, you know, horrified but also like hopeful. That, you know, yeah. resistance will will win out, you know, because uh, like I keep saying, this is like this is foreboding for, I think, the rest of the country, you know, in the future, you know, and the way that like the state will deal with like, you know, climate change. Right. And, um, you know, increasing social unrest. Yeah, we're just going to fucking throw cops at it. You know, we've been training them and for a decade in this compound, um, mm-hmm. they know how to maneuver in a department store, you know, that's been looted. Um, because a fucking hurricane came through and the state has no fucking services for anyone, so people are, like, rightfully so looting. And, um, yeah, you know. Horrifying but hopeful. Horrifying but hopeful, man. a future's, well, uh, future's got to be better than that.
0: Yeah. Well, one funny thing that's happened as a result of this, apparently, mm-hmm. is they sent so many of their cops to the forest in Atlanta that there are a lot fewer cops in the rest of the city right now. Oh man, yeah, dude. Get your crimes in while you can.
1: Get your crimes in, and maybe we can um, we can airdrop like um, like instead of chemtrails, it'll just be like fentanyl, you know, (laughs) like right in the forest. You know what I mean? We don't want to hurt the tree. I think the trees will be fine because the trees are not like fucking. Um, The trees are strong, unlike the cops who, like, you know, get a little bit of fentanyl, you know, under their fingernails. The forest defenders
0: are all working on developing a (laughs) pre-existing opioid tolerance right now so that when that happens, only the cops will die.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, What what, what do they say uh, in Call of Duty? Danger close, you know, when when you're about to get bombed or whatever. Danger close, yeah, that's what we'll tell them and they'll... They'll survive while uh, the cops... No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to say that on the mic. But uh, In a
0: video game.
1: <laughs> In a video what's game. What's going to happen? The cops will... Uh, oh,
0: God. Yeah. God, I can't... We can't even fucking joke about this now. It's so sad. Because yeah, they're dude, like it's, literally there killing people.
1: They literally are killing people. Oh. I mean, it's just... It ah, is man, very man. funny
0: how scared they are of fentanyl, though. That never stops being funny.
1: No, it never stops being funny. Imagine like just like every tree. And like you just just circle just sprinkle it around every tree everywhere in the forest, you know.
0: Like snow.
1: Like snow, man. Let me like snow, you know. But um yeah, man. Fuck the cops, dude.
0: Oh, a cat, baby.
1: Fuck right. the cops, man.
0: I think that's a good place to end it. I know you have to go.
1: Yeah, that's a good place to end it. Um yeah, Jamie, um, appreciate you uh because yo, I live here and I have not uh for a host of different reasons, um none of which are None of which are good, but I do hope to, uh, like in March to go there, but, um, you know, um, and there are also people who have been doing better work than I could do covering this, right? Um, so, uh. Um, but i appreciate you jamie for talking to people you know oh. about this and like you know keeping it and there have been other other we're not the only one but there have been other uh podcasters and writers and two individuals that have been keeping this like in the news and keeping this relevant in people's minds but um appreciate you talking to people you know
0: of course well if you need a buddy i am gonna make it down there at some point
1: oh hell yeah dude and you gotta, yeah.
0: if it's cold out I am not camping in the woods. Sorry. It's not,
1: it's not going to be. Actually, let me not say that because <laughs> it, it, it's weird, dude. Like, and this I is, hate
0: being cold. But it's dude, the this, is the thing,
1: this is the fucking thing about like living like in Atlanta, too. Well, I mean, I live I live like I live in DeKalb County, but I'm on the outskirts. But it's like, I don't know, man. The weather's weird, man. It's like cold one day and then like tomorrow it's like 70 degrees. And then the next day. So I don't know, man. It might be nice and balmy. Um, by the first week of March, or it might be fucking. Well, it might be cold.
0: If it's nice out, we can, you know, in maybe camp. maybe have a little siesta in the a woods. Siesta, siesta in if the woods. it is not nice out, we will be staying at your house, oh, where sure. it is warm. For sure. Maybe for sure. a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. We'll see. Yeah, we will see you will see. We'll see. Well, all right. I guess I'll see you in the forest then.
1: All right. See you in the forest. No. till til next time till next time uh do the defending know. yeah do the defending fuck the cops man <laughs> <laughs> word all right all right all right y'all. bye, bye.